Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Diane DeResta. She's the author of Knockout Presentations, How to Deliver Your Message with Power, Punch, and Pizzazz. It's great to have you with us, Diane. Great to be here. First off, let me just say I love the title. The alliteration is very effective. So tell us a little bit about sort of who this book is for, because a lot of people will say, ooh, presenting, you either have it or you don't. It's not something that can be taught. First what do you say? Not true. Okay. Gifted speakers are born, but effective speakers are made. Anybody can be effective presenting themselves and being a public speaker. So I wrote the book for business primarily, but what's interesting is it's also been used in colleges as a textbook, no kidding. which was not my intention. But I wrote it as a seminar in a book so that it's the next best thing to having me there. Okay, okay. So uh, the person who's going to read this, is it uh, anyone in the C-suite? Is it the leader who's not in the C-suite, who's just in the office, who happens to be a leader among his peers? Who can benefit most, would you say? It was meant for leaders in business. Okay. So anywhere from, it could be entry level to C-suite because it's so applicable to so many different levels. But I wrote it mostly for leaders in business because speaking is the new competitive advantage and you can't be without the skill anymore. And so as a leader, you have to be a good presenter. So all that said, Diane, why do you think being a good speaker is an important part of being a leader, especially in the digital social media age we live in where face-to-face -face and actual you know, voice-to-voice -voice contact is becoming, you know, less and less and less, you might say. Well, speaking is definitely a leadership skill, but there's an ROI, a return on investment in speaking. People think that speaking is a soft skill, but it actually has hard results. I was working with a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and coached him on a presentation. He wanted to get approval from his executive committee to build a vaccine facility in France that would cost $300 million. Okay. There was no guarantee of success, and then there would be three years of clinical trials. Right. Through coaching, he got his approval, and that $300 million facility turned into a $1 billion success. So that is the wow. power and the impact of pe presentations and speaking. That's why every CEO has to have this skill. You know, you're a great leader, but speaking is just not your strong point. And you've tried, you've media trained, and you just can't get it. What do you, what do you think? How do you get past that, you know, the hurdle? The well, fear. Yeah, well, for, first of all, there are two things. There's the fear and the skill. So when I work with people one-on-one -on -one or in groups, we work first on mindset and then skill set. So it's very simple. Those are the two areas you need to focus on. But I'll tell you something about fear. A lot of times, people are being self-centered when they're not being confident because mm. it's all about me, myself, and I. Oh, I hope I don't trip. Oh, what if I lose my train of thought? True. So what? Get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about them, the audience. Right. So you need to have that mental shift. And when I've done that with audiences, something clicks. It clicks. The second thing, though, is you have to have the skills. Because there are people who are confident, but they're bloviating. So you need to know what the skills are. So to answer your question, if you've tried, you need to try different things, and you need to continue to do it until you feel comfortable. Part of it is being true to your own style. Sometimes people try to be something they're not, and that's going to create stress for them. 
them. Right. So here's what I would say to a CEO who's had some difficulty. Why not try an interview format? So instead of your typical town hall where you've got a script and you're talking, get somebody on your staff, maybe your corporate communications person, and have them conduct an interview on stage. Much more interesting, and then people can interact. Because that's one of the changes today. Right. When you think about trends and what's different for CEOs today, it's community. People don't want to be talked at. They right. want to, they be want to see engagement. Right. Authenticity is key. Because of social media, the transparency is right true, there. Right. So you've got to be who you are, and you've got to be true to people. Yeah. Would you say that an audience member, you know, it's not about being perfect. I feel like that's an old school concept. People kind of want to see reality. They want to see, you know, the raw element of if you stumble, you acknowledge it, exactly. you know, because we're all human. And, and is that something you, you teach your uh, people who progress, are trying to get better? Progress, not perfection. And yes, it humanizes you. So when people are in a fear state because of some mistake they might make, right. I say embrace it, incorporate exactly. it. And what I do with people is I show them recovery strategies. So let me give you an example. Please. I was talking to an audience, and one person raised her hand and said, well, well what if I trip when I get up there? Right. You know, there are wires. And I said, OK, well, what if you do trip? What could you say? How about, I want you to know I've been practicing that entrance for weeks. Or, never let it be said, I don't know how to make an entrance. So right. if you laugh at yourself, good. people will never fault you. Exactly. It humanizes It's you. acknowledging it. All that said, Diane, what do you think the biggest mistake is that a speaker makes? Is it that, you know, not being human or not being their authentic self, like you said? Well, certainly being a talking head will not serve you. People don't okay. want that. But I'd, I'd say one of the common themes is lack of focus. Mm. And what that means is people's messages are going all over the place. Okay. They can't get to the point. So here's a technique that people can use right away to get laser-like focus. All right. It's a fill-in. At the end of my presentation, the audience will blank. The answer huh. to that is your outcome. And when you start with your outcome, then everything you do to organize will lead you in that direction. Just don't be like someone in one of my audiences who said, all right, my outcome is at the end of the presentation, the audience will applaud. Well, that's very nice. That is not an right. outcome. It's a little narcissistic. So it's your, yeah. it's your why. So, what, what's, so give us some examples of, of outcomes that you'd like to hear At the a, end a of the presentation, say. the audience will approve the proposal. Okay. At the end of the presentation, the audience will understand five ways to close a sale. So it's why are you doing it? Mm, right. Okay. So what's the focus? So that said, what's the metric then in measuring that outcome? How do you know if you've achieved it? Well, it depends on how, what you're doing. If it's a keynote, it's very hard because you usually don't measure that. Right. But you can have a, a form at the end. Feedback. Where you can follow up. You can have those kinds of measurements in place. Place. I mean, speaking of feedback, just what immediately comes to mind, Diane, is just this world of social media mm -hmm. we live in. When you talk about feedback, how does sort of, you know, always having feedback, tweets and reactions, it's easier to write something mean and be anonymous than say oh. it to that person. So how do public speakers, even CEOs, deal with negative feedback that's so instantaneous, uncontrollable, unfiltered, what do you say? Well, there are a couple of things. The first thing is you want to look at trends. So we used to call these smile sheets when you're at a conference and people rate you. Look at where the majority are rating you. So if you have one or two people who are haters, ignore them. Don't take it personally. It's not relevant. Okay. Same thing, if everyone thought you were average and two people thought you were great, believe the, the majority. So that's the first thing. And then there are people who have reputation management people who go and look and respond. The worst thing you can do if you're a company or a CEO and someone is trouncing your business, your yeah. service, is to ignore it. 
get it out there right away and respond to it. Okay, good advice. C-Suite Radio. In the book, you know, you call yourself a speaking strategist. How does that differ from just a speaker? There are public speaking coaches, and often they're dealing strictly with delivery. As a strategist, I'm working with the messaging. I'm helping you craft the message. I'm helping you really delve into the, the profiling of the audience, because that's key. Okay. And managing your brand. What people don't understand, especially CEOs, is that when you are presenting, it's a form of brand management because your presentation is your brand. And so I get into a much deeper level with them, okay. helping them find their hook. That's a, that's a good distinction. Yeah. It's not just about the delivery, it's mm -hmm. about the message. So why do you think public speaking is still number one at the list of you know, fears that we all have? Well, when I started writing knockout presentations, I did my own anecdotal research, and I started asking people, why are you so afraid? They'd say things like, well, all eyes are on me. Uh, what if I lose my train of thought? I feel naked up there. Sure. And so when I looked at the trend, the thread was really fear of humiliation. And if you think about it, that's a scary thing because now yeah. the neuroscience shows that it really has a place in the brain that gets felt emotionally. But the good news is it can be learned and it can be taught. And when you get out of yourself and you put your focus on others, it's a lot easier to get through it. So what do you think of the TED Talks? Oh, they're great. There's so many great TED Talks, and that's another trend. The bar has been raised so high right. for CEOs, for executives, for all of mm -hmm. us. And the good news is they're short. I think 20 minutes is perfect. Right. And so Snack size. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't more want to drone on for 90 minutes yeah. because it's just too much for people. Right. One of the things they've discovered in research now is that goldfish have higher attention spans than humans by one second. How do they measure that? How do they even? I don't know how they measured it, but that's what the research shows. So we need to get to the point and grab people much more quickly than ever before because we have a limited time span. So what do you say to someone who speaks often? They say they always say nerves are good, but you know, a lot of times you'll hear someone speak and you can hear that shaking in their voice and you feel you feel for them because you know, you know, you know they're so nervous. So if I'm a client of yours, how do you get over those uncontrollable nerves and that, that shakiness that is really involuntary oftentimes? Well, first thing is the breath. So when people are really nervous, they're in the future because they're thinking of what's going to go wrong? What's my next thought? So the first thing you want to do is get them into the present, which is the here and now. And the best way to get into the here and now is through the breath. So we teach them breathing techniques. So that is one thing. And then there's also an acupressure point right here on this finger behind the knuckle. Okay. And if you press down on that with your thumb, right that nerve goes to the heart and it's a way of short-circuiting anxiety. So if you press down on that and you breathe, you'll find that you're not as nervous. I recently was working with a senior executive who reports to the CEO and she told me she used my breathing technique and this finger technique and she was a lot more confident. That's so great. there are things you can do. There, that help. there are things you yeah. can do. Yeah. What about, you know, we've all experienced it where you have to be at a speech for work or a conference and truth be told, the topic is just, I have to say, boring, right? It's not the most exciting topic. It's hard to focus as a, as a listener. Mm -hmm. So if you're the speaker, how do you get past, quote unquote, boring topics or things that you know people are going to be drifting? What's your advice? What I tell every audience is there are no boring topics. There are only boring speakers. And yes, okay. there's material that's dry, like financial numbers, like technical information, but you can pump that up with analogies and stories and metaphors. I should tell you the story about Elliot. 
I was at a workshop, I was giving a presentations workshop, and I had everybody get up and tell a story so they could be animated. We wanted to find their passion. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, Elliot, what's something that you're passionate about? And he said, inventory control. Wow. No, 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 Elliot, not your job. What are you excited about? Inventory control. So I said, all right, it's going to be a long day. Some people have to learn the hard way. All right, Elliot, talk about inventory control. Okay. Well, Elliot was so excited and so passionate that we were sitting there riveted on what inventory control was all about. So it's not the topic, it's your, how you feel about it. It's, it's what the delivery and the, and yeah, the enthusiasm. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you mentioned earlier, you discussed when you were writing this book. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about why you wrote it. You know, what clicked for you that said, I need to write this, and how is it different from you know, other books that already existed on the market? Well, this is my body of work, and I always wanted to write a book. I thought it would be fiction, and it turned out to be nonfiction, and that was a good thing. Right. Actually, but I, I realized that there wasn't a book out like this. A lot of them were theoretical, and I wrote this as a seminar. And people will say, I wrote my keynote based on your information on how to structure a talk. So it tells you exactly how to do it. It's practical tips. And if you want cheat sheets, all you have to do is look at, at the end of each chapter. There are do's and don'ts and checklists for you. Okay. So very pragmatic. And you, you mentioned structure. You took the words out of my mouth. What is the best way to organize a talk? What, what do you think are the, kind of the most important guidelines you can give someone? Well, the first thing is what I said earlier, get very clear about your outcome. Right. And then I actually wrote two chapters on structure because I believe delivery sits on structure. You cannot be good at delivery if you don't have a sound foundation. So I have a mind map so that you can see it visually. Mm -hmm. And then I have a template, which I call listener-centered communication. And it takes you step by step. The biggest thing and the hardest thing is finding the hook. Because too many people start with, today I want to tell you about my update. Right. Nobody cares. Yeah. So that's one of the things a speaking strategist does. I delve deeply through questioning and interviewing to find out what is the hook for your audience. Because if there's no WIFM, what's in it for me? They're not listening. WIFM. W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? I like the, the listener. Um, and what about from the, the speaker side? You're looking out to a difficult audience. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's say even the material, you know it's engaging, you know it's an interesting topic, but for some reason you're just not getting the visual feedback you'd like. You know, and that, that really that's sort of a case-by-case -case mm -hmm. basis, maybe. It's sort of like being a stand-up comic. Yeah. You can do the same routine, and you kill in one audience. The next night, it's like a, you do a total yeah. 180 because it's, it's a completely different room. How do you deal with the room that's constantly changing and not having the reaction you'd like? The way you deal with it is you have to change. The mistake people make is they stay wedded to their script. Okay. So I have this PowerPoint. Well, they're not paying attention, but I'll just keep going through it. No, you may have to stop. Maybe it's a meeting. You may have to stop. and do something totally different. Pivot. But you, yes, pivot. And you want to meet them where they are. So ask questions. As When I get a lack of response, what I usually do is I start asking questions. I get them dialoguing. Okay. I, I try to create experiences and engagement. And that's what will turn an audience around. We're out of time, Diane, if you can believe it. So I'm going to leave you with this real quickly. Sizzle or steak? <laughs> what does that mean? That's a very catchy title of I your book. I always ask my groups, what's more important, sizzle or steak? And it usually is 50-50. Here's what I say. You've got to have the sizzle, because if you don't, they're never going to get to the steak. So okay. have solid structure, but you've got to grab them from the beginning. Excellent. Uh, and there's so much more to get to, but uh, you grabbed us, so they have, to, <laughs> they have to get the book. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's really insightful, and it's, really, uh, it's a great take on, on you know, how to be a great speaker and how to improve. Thank you. All right, and if you'd like more information on the book, all you have to do is go to our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.
Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.